Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Church Ministry Podcast, where we believe that small church ministry is not less, but it is different. As we chat today about women's ministry, I just want to share my stress with you. Not that I want you to carry my stress, but I just want to let you in a little into my process. Starting a podcast has been quite a learning experience. And if you've been with me from the beginning, I know you've been on the journey with me. From my first interview with another person on the podcast with Zark Porter, when I said, oh, I love it so much, like 85 times, like I'm cringing right now as I say it. It was terribly annoying, and I'm so sorry, but hopefully you've noticed that I've gotten better along the way. And then there were episodes when I tried to put so much into them. It was like a crazy train of taking notes, and it was just too much. So I am learning, and thank you for listening and being so incredibly supportive as we're on this mission to develop quality stuff and resources and help and support for small churches everywhere. But anyway, as I sat down to put some thoughts together for this episode, it just even overwhelmed me because my thoughts about women's ministry, the personal issues I've had with the typical women's ministry, things I've seen and my experiences, including my own past experience with women's ministry in different church settings, my experience leading and my experience following and even speaking at area women's ministry events and retreats and for other churches that I'm not even that connected with. So as I was thinking about all this, there is so much to unpack and so much to talk about, so much to share, so many mistakes I've seen and so many mistakes I've made myself and learned from. So there is no way I can pour all that out into a podcast episode, even into a series. And I know you don't expect that, but I just want to say that I, what my heart is to share everything that I know and everything that I've learned and all the wisdom I've gleaned from others and even from my own mistakes. I am constantly learning about ministry and learning from those in our Facebook community too, because this whole thing, it's a journey and it's a life journey and your situation is unique and you are unique and your church is unique and your setting. So I just want to take a deep breath and just share a few things that are on my heart today. This is not going to be your 10 steps to start a women's ministry, although we do have that on the blog. And this is also not going to be a complete how to develop a vision or a mission. Although honestly, I think we have a resource for that too. That's all in our women's ministry bundle. But today it's just me talking to you from my heart about what I see and what I wish for women's ministry. What I see as this gift that we have to offer women from small churches, even if your team is one, even if your church is only 20. Because whether you are the youngest woman in your church and you're 55 and all the other women are retired and riding out their walk with Jesus as mentors and good friends, or maybe you're raring to go and you want to make a difference and you're not sure how to find your fit in your own church or to how to break into the leadership bubble or become a significant part of a women's ministry in your church that's already organized and has a full calendar. 
So wherever you're at on the spectrum, I have a few thoughts to share. They aren't in any particular order, but they are, in my opinion, some of the biggest keys in changing our culture of women's ministry, of offering opportunities of transformation instead of just a full calendar or entertainment, about using our finite time and energy and resources to change the planet instead of just filling a calendar. I really, truly believe there are very real needs out there that we could be meeting. Real needs, women with broken hearts, women void of support or significant healthy relationships in their lives, women who are lonely, women who are so busy and feel so much pressure to do or succeed or to fit in a certain box where they just don't feel like they can or maybe they don't want to or they even should. Women who feel insignificant, left out, alone, unseen, misunderstood. Do you know what I mean? Because this woman is also me. I'm not talking necessarily about the one woman you may label a misfit. Although quite honestly, that's exactly who Jesus would be drawn to. I'm talking about all women, all of us. Because if you have not felt insignificant, left out, alone, unworthy, or misunderstood, I'd like to suggest that maybe you're not connected with your own feelings. I have talked with wildly successful women, women who have it all, career women and family women, single women, mature women, young women, anyone, everyone that I know, none of them, and I mean none of them, haven't struggled with some sort of feelings of insecurity or fear or sadness or grief some struggle. And this is where and why we need Jesus, isn't it? Isn't this what Jesus came for, to seek and save the lost? Hey, that's us. That's you and me. That's not, oh, that poor woman over there who isn't involved or doesn't have it together. It's every single one of us. Sometimes when we think of reaching out to the needy, like right now, what image goes through your mind? Like really, who came through your mind? And yes, I want to say that person is needy, but you know who else is? You and me and your neighbor and the one who looks like they have it all together. Yes, they are needy. We all are. And I believe we, as Christ's community, are called to meet needs. But you know what I don't see? I don't see the need for entertainment. How can we help fill someone's calendar or give someone something more fun to come to. Because we don't need that. No one needs that. Not in this day and age. Now, if I just stepped on your women's ministry toes, well, I kind of think it's okay. I actually appreciate my toes getting stepped on now and then because it makes me stop and think and grow and evolve. Because when somebody steps on my beliefs, it's an opportunity to lean into why I'm even offended or bothered. Like, what am I holding on to so tightly that I'm bothered by someone else having an alternative thought? Honestly, I actually have a broken toe right now. Like physically, my little toe is broken and it's pretty odd. I'm also so surprised at how like it catches me off guard. Like I'll get this shooting pain if I step on it ever so slightly. Because you see, we need our toes, our physical toes. They give us balance. They help us walk. And they are so important. But how often do we take them for granted? 
like breaking my toe, now I'm reminded I really do take it for granted. And I think our beliefs and values can often be like that too. They provide us support. They, they're kind of like our compass. They're with us all the time. But rarely do we take the time to examine them, or maybe it's a rare person who takes the time to examine them. So I guess I'm inviting you to be a rare person today, to take the time with me, just to step back and examine our view and our beliefs and our context of women's ministry. Because what a healthy women's ministry includes, what it looks like, what it should look like, or what it could look like. Maybe it's time for a little bit of a revision. And that's really where I want to start. I really believe women's ministry has gotten a bit off track. It's lost its focus. And how we can return to the core of ministry that transforms us, ministry that meets needs, it involves a little bit of a shift. So here we go. And here are a few thoughts to ponder. First off, Offering entertainment is not a great use of our time and resources. Now, I'm not saying there's no place for craft nights or tea parties, although honestly, I'm not a tea party kind of girl. Uh, I'm not even honestly a big fan of craft nights. I think they can be amazing and used for really good stuff. If the aim is to build relationships and to encourage deeper conversations, to grow in community, totally beautiful. But sometimes we end up spending hundreds of hours planning and collecting supplies and decorating and putting on amazing events or not so amazing events. And where does it leave us? Like, what's the point? I want to see some impact and some transformation and some life change. Otherwise, probably not worth my time. When you put your women's ministry calendar together, what is your aim Because so many times we really get thrust into the Pinterest thing and we see all these fun events and we fill a calendar. But I really believe God has so much more for us than that. Okay, my second thought. Can we please get beyond the fluff and offer a place where women can be real? This desire to have it all together and show up happy all the time is honestly quite exhausting. And it's so worldly and it's not real. Like, how could we or could we create a safe place where women can really come as we are, where we can show up sad now and then, where we could make mistakes or say the wrong thing and still be welcomed? I have had so many conversations with women I highly respect about how how could we possibly develop this in our churches. I had one just this week in the Facebook community. And the reality is it, it, it comes down to having one person who has come to a place of brokenness and has been courageous and perseverant and determined enough to grow, to find support, to heal through trauma, through tragedy, through rejection, through betrayal, through grief. Because once one person has not just shut it down and turned it off and worked past things, but actually worked through these things, this one person has a way of inviting others into the freedom that she has found. But without that one person, 
it's almost impossible to turn that tide because it's the example, it's the modeling, it's seeing what can happen when we really embrace this truth and grow with it, with Jesus through it. And it's incredibly rare. Too many churches are filled with so many of us who are hiding and covering and masking, and sometimes for the purpose of exuding joy and of showing Jesus. I don't think it's intentional fakeness. I really don't, not at all. I just think so many of us have been taught that these very real human experiences are shameful or they should be hidden, or that if we were strong enough, it wouldn't affect us like that. And those thoughts, they are not doing any good for anyone. It's left us with a lot of bondage and so much unhealth as a church culture. So how can we be real and offer a space for others to show up? Good, bad, ugly, holy, and sinful. Saints and sinners, right? All of us on the same road of transformation with Jesus. Now, again, I'm not saying I can share all this or teach you something specific in a podcast episode, but it's really a conversation worth having. Are we, as a women's ministry, are we providing space for real conversation? How do we respond to difficult situations, to gossip, to divorce, to sin, to disagreements, to hurt? Are we just covering them up and moving past them, keeping the elephant in the room, so to speak? but never really processing together as a community and also with Jesus and individually. So that's my second thought. Third thought is this about women's ministry and possibly another step on your toes kind of thought. But does women's ministry really need to center around wives and mothers or even the role of wives and mothers? So much in women's ministry feels very shadowed by this. And honestly, it's not great. Now, I realize these are typical roles of many, many women. But I have two issues with the way that we gravitate toward it or focus on it in women's ministry. The first issue is it simply leaves people out. It really does. I can't even tell you how many times I've been in a small group and women are sharing, I don't know, the icebreaker question is, what's your favorite moment or what's the best thing you've ever done? And one after one, people are talking about the birth of a child or an idyllic marriage. And I'm looking around the room as a woman who knows the stories of other people in the circle. And these constant stories are bringing up pain, stillbirths. Struggles with infertility, abusive marriages, abortions, singleness, widowhood. And these are not the stories that are being shared. They're the stories that are getting shoved down with all the other sharing. Now, how insensitive can we be to such huge heartache and such common heartaches? Do you know the percentage of women who faced infertility, abuse, unhealthy relationships, women who are grieving, women struggling with depression, women who want to be married and are not. Now, I'm not saying that married women with children should be minimized or not allowed to share their joy. Yes, they are. And we should. And please do. But let's widen the story with sensitivity, with awareness, with inclusiveness. Now, the other issue I have with just feeling this overarching 
priority in women's ministry on being a better mother or a better wife. I think this huge focus actually minimizes all that God calls us to be and who he calls us to serve as humans. Like, I really believe as women, we are first, and I really do believe this, we are first disciples. We are individuals who have been created to influence, and we are responsible first and foremost for ourselves, for our discipleship, for our actions, for our thoughts. As much as our roles as mothers and wives influence others, that is not our only role. And honestly, sometimes I think we inflate our influence in those places too. This is not the whole of who women were called to be. It's a role. I totally get it if for you, being a mom is the epitome of your dreams. I get that. But God also calls us to more and other. It does not lessen it, but there is more. I know as a mom and a wife myself, there is significance in these roles. Again, I am not minimizing it, but I often long for conversation that is bigger and deeper and to connect with others who move in different circles. I don't really want another study on being a better wife. I want to be a better friend, a better human, a better disciple. I want to be an influence on this planet for Jesus. So again, I just think that women's ministry does not need to centralize on these two specific roles that us as humans, who happen to be women, might have significant experience in. Women who are also working in many arenas, serving in many settings, whether they are paid or unpaid. Women who are volunteering, who are pouring into nonprofits, into different people groups, into different passions with the potential to influence and impact people on this planet. So again, for me, I just wish there was a broadening, a widening of awareness and focus in women's ministries. If you are serving in women's ministry, children's ministry, or youth ministry, and you're tired of ideas that don't work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets, or pouring time into events that don't seem to be making a difference, or starting and restarting with new people but the same struggles, we have got you covered. Check out our ministry bundles with done-for-you resources that work the first time, a step-by-step plan that fits into your busy schedule, and a strategy that gets others excited to join too. You can find the links to check them out in the show notes. For me, there is so much stereotype around women's ministries that I would so much rather talk about ministry to women because to think about ministry to women, it leads me to think about needs, about ministering to women. In fact, ministry to women doesn't even necessarily imply that there's an event or a show or shopping to do or setting up. Ministry to women, that is relational. And it's what Jesus did. Do you know that, have you ever thought about this? Jesus did not throw a single event while he was on this planet. He didn't host. He didn't decorate. Now I realize he was at homes where somebody was hosting. But there is not one time when Jesus put an event on the calendar did prior marketing to make sure people showed up, sold tickets, or worked out of a budget. Jesus had conversations. 
He initiated relationships. He taught truth. He gathered people together. He brought salvation, hope, and purpose. He also showed up with gentleness and compassion. He called individual people higher to embrace their significance. He saw and spoke potential into people that they did not even see themselves. Even stories of Jesus when he was in a crowd, have you ever noticed that the stories of Jesus in a crowd usually had turns to individual connections? Like think of Zacchaeus in the tree. He was in the tree because there was a crowd around Jesus. The point of the Bible story wasn't the crowd. The point was about Zacchaeus. The same thing with the women and the issue of blood. Jesus is slammed in a crowd of people. But the spotlight of the story, who touched my cloak? It was the individual in the middle of a crowd. Jesus is feeding thousands on a hillside. And the highlight of the story is the little boy with the loaves and the fish, the one little boy. So even as we plan events to bring people together, and it really is okay to plan events. I'm not anti-events. I love events. I like decorating. I love the creative process. I love putting together a start and finish event. I love it. It can be very good. It can be the reason that people show up and come together and rub shoulders and have conversations. But in the midst of any event, the individual connection, that's where the gold is. If there's no individual connections, can I be as bold as to say it's a waste of time? I really think it is. Instead of evaluating women's ministry events by how many people came, maybe we could be asking who shared a need and how can we walk alongside that individual? Maybe instead of planning a calendar by scrolling through Pinterest looking for fun ideas, maybe we could start by praying through the women on our list and even outside our list by reaching out in conversation, by taking all the effort that goes into planning and decorating and shopping and scheming and reaching out with a phone call or a text, not to the friends who help you, not to ask for volunteers, but just to check in with someone you haven't seen in a while, or maybe someone you have, or to say hi and introduce yourself to find out about them and their life and their struggles. Now, I know it can be scarier to initiate conversations, to put yourself in a place where your kindness might actually be rejected, but it is exactly what Jesus did. There is so much goodness when we model after Jesus, and often a lot of growth too. Now, I'm also not saying we cannot do both. You can totally have a fun women's ministry that is uplifting and filled with flowers and crafts and tea parties. You totally can. Just don't throw the parties in lieu of the relational connections and the needs and the ministry that Jesus calls us to. We have a women's ministry conference coming up at the end of January. It's January 28th. It is free and it's online. So anyone can come. Fun for this year in 2023, Allison Marco is one of our speakers, and she is sharing how her commitment to not do anything in ministry alone anymore has totally changed her focus and her relationships with other women in the church. You don't want to miss that if this podcast episode has gotten your heart at all. Um, Danny C. Kelly is going to be at the conference sharing about 
how to heal stronger from hurts and disagreements, things in your own women's ministry that's caused divisions or misunderstandings, those little things that might be like the elephant in the room. You're going to want to catch her talk. I wish I could take the time to share with you all the 26 speakers and the topics, but I can give you a link so you can check it out for yourself. Just check out smallchurchsummits.com. Um, I know you may be hearing this episode in real time or later, but either way, go to that link. It's also in the show notes and you can see the lineup for our next or our current conference. We're keeping that up to date since we have four conferences every year. You're not going to miss out and they'll come around again. We have so many resources to help you discover small church ministry that leads to transformation. Whether you're able to join for the conferences or a free Facebook community, check out the website, or even join our paid memberships. We have two different ones. One is the small church network for your church. And the other is investing in your own leadership skills, individual leadership skills in the small church academy. We'll make sure to drop all those links in the show notes too. But if you are in a small church, I just want to say your impact does not need to be small. Jesus led the way in showing us how a small group of people can have incredible, significant impact in the kingdom of God. We do not need to keep up with the big churches around us. In fact, we shouldn't try to do that. We should not be modeling after them at all. If you want to have incredible impact, to get that thing said, well done, good and faithful servant. It is not about your effort and your planning and your work and your thoughts to put on events that, I don't know, wow the planet. It's really about investing in your own relationship with Jesus and being so connected to the vine that we are literally just joining with God in what he's doing around us, in individuals, in organizations. He has called us to him. He's also created us for community to do life together on this planet for as long as we're in this place. So don't forget to check out our upcoming conference at smallchurchsummits.com. And please also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Small Church Ministry so you can get up-to-date encouragement and even new resources that we're producing all the time. So could I ask you to do one more thing today? If you have found encouragement in this podcast, whether today's episodes or others, would you please take a few minutes just to leave a review? Your comments and reviews really help other small churches find us, and it keeps me smiling too. So please just take a minute to leave a review, and we'll talk again next week. Be a light. Be a light.